welcome to Writing the Coast. I'm your host, Megan Cole, and Writing the Coast is the official podcast of the BC and Yukon Book Prizes. On Writing the Coast, you'll hear conversations with the winners and finalists of the annual BC and Yukon Book Prizes, as well as interviews with book lovers from across the province and territory. My guest for this episode is Emily Sio. Emily's book, The Science of Boys, is a finalist for the 2023 Sheila A. E. Goff Children's Literature Prize. On this episode, Emily talks about how she blended her love of science with creative writing, and she shares some inspiration for those who might be toying with the idea of writing a book. This episode starts with a reading from The Science of Boys. So the first chapter is called Chemical Reaction, which is the arrangement rearrangement of atoms in a molecule to produce a new molecule. A, B, C, D. Same letters as school grades, but not as easy to understand. I skimmed through the bra display, but didn't see anything remotely close to my size. Keys jangled from someone coming near, and I ducked under a rack of satiny pajamas. Peeking out, I saw an old lady inquire about a pair of Spanx and another lady with her teenage daughter. The girl was probably a couple of years older than me, judging from her height and the size of her boobs. I looked down at the two raisins barely visible under my shirt. A woman crouched down. Excuse me, do you need any help, young lady? She was petite and had a distinct hourglass figure cinched under a belt. Um, I stepped out and brushed my bangs off my glasses. I was, my chin dropped to point at my chest. I think I know just what you're looking for. She breezed over to a corner with pastel colored undergarments and left me anxiously flitting my eyes between the bra display and the floral wallpaper. The girl with her mum gave me a confused look. What business do you have looking at the bras? After what felt like forever, I pretended to look for some slippers, gradually moving from one rack to another until I reached the door. I'll just come back with mum. All right. So my first question for you is, who are you? That is such a profound question. <laughs> <laughs> who am I? That's a really good question. Um, well, I am a Japanese-Canadian author of kid-lit literature, and I am also a scientist. Sorry, Emily, I should have uh, Googled a bit more, but this is your first book, right? Uh, this is my so, baby okay. novel. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. I thought I knew that, and then I had a moment of like, oh, no, uh, maybe I forgot there was another one, too. <laughs> yeah, well, this one came out last year, but then I had two other books come out all within eight or nine months. Oh, wow. So yeah, so it was, it was a little bit, I mean, as you know, in the publishing industry, things can be quite slow. And I think because one book was delayed, and then one was pushed forward, because it was for a um, 30th anniversary uh, celebration for the publisher. And then the other one's probably like the regular time it takes to publish. So they all just happen to come out at the same, like in the same year. So um, yeah, I've been promoting my other book as well. Yeah, so. That's busy. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on the science of boys for, for now. I'm sure we'll kind of dabble in, in talking about other writing and publishing things, but can you tell me a little bit about how the science of boys started? Yeah, sure. So I had a girl in my, one of my writing classes and she asked me about how I met my husband and how we get along. Um, she was having boy problems. So she was quite a bit younger. Um, I think she was still an undergraduate student. And 
Um, so I just told her, I was just telling her how we have the same values and goals in life and um, just little tips like, oh, don't ever ditch your family or friends for a crush or, you know, things yeah. like that. And another girl in our class overheard and she's like, you're a scientist, Emily. Why don't you give her advice based on science? And then this idea started to kind of um, marinate in my head. And I wrote, so we were given a short story assignment. So I wrote my short story based on that about a girl trying to help her friend um, get a boy's attention yeah. and called it the science of boys. And so that was probably like three pages long. And yeah, that's where that story, the initial story started. Did it always start as being for like a younger audience or did you ever think of, because it sounds like you were talking to someone who is not a teen, um, giving kind of advice on boys and dating. Did, was it always, did you always imagine that audience for the book? You know, when I was writing The Science of Boys as the short story, I never thought it would be a book when I initially was writing it as an assignment. Uh, I thought I would be writing more picture books and information books with science in them. And so nonfiction was where I thought I should be or where I wanted to be. But it turns out uh, I took this fiction course for fun and to improve my creative writing skills. And I ended up write, liking fic writing fiction more than writing nonfiction. Um, and so when I started, because I didn't think this was necessarily going to become a book, I was just writing it for fun. And I think that's why, yeah. Um, but then I had an interested publisher who said, um, this age group would be a novel size book. And so if you're able to prove to me that you could write, then I may consider publishing it. Yeah. What was it like writing for that audience? Was it, you know, I, I think sometimes it's weird and unusual to step back into that place in our lives, but how did you find writing for, for a teen audience? Yeah, I uh, really enjoyed it actually. Uh, I surprised myself because, again, I didn't think I would be necessarily writing for a preteen teen uh, group. I thought I'd be writing for younger children, introducing science terms at a young age. So, But when I got into it, what I decided to do was because I was no longer in that age group and it was far from my memory, I decided to interview uh, high school students. And so first I started off by interviewing my friends' children, kids, and then I went to visit schools, schools that I had attended, and then I talked to other um other students and I was beginning to understand their lives a little bit more they gave me a lot of insight and so I then went back and then went back into my own memory of how things were in in junior high school and put it all together and um, came up with the story <laughs> yeah were you telling the people you were interviewing that that you were writing a book and what was their response if you were kind of letting them know yeah, so in most cases, yes, I, I did say I'm interested in writing this book. I don't know if it'll go anywhere, but I I told them. And so they knew. Um, sometimes if I just met people at the park or something like that, it wasn't necessarily said. But um, yeah, everybody seemed interested in wanting to help out too and wanting to be part of it. I had this one group of teenagers who actually wanted to have a second follow-up meeting because they said <laughs> it was therapeutic for them to talk to me. Um, so, but they give me a lot of insight and some people are definitely more honest with their feelings. Other people didn't want to say too much because obviously if I'm saying that I'm writing something in a book, they're a little bit more um, hesitant. But saying that I did do uh, anonymous questionnaires and handed them out and I got a lot of honest feedback from there and that helped me a lot yeah. uh, when I was writing the characters. Yeah. 
what did what did you remember about yourself at, at that age as you were kind of I'm sure like interviewing the 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 teens and preteens probably sparked some memories. What what kind of surprised you about yourself as you were reflecting on on your childhood and teen years? Yeah, I mean, it's such an awkward time, I think, in in terms of just learning about yourself and not knowing what to do and navigating sort of this new world of high school. I really I mean, I didn't remember it that well until I started thinking about my memories and going through photos. And then it kind of sucked me back into this time where I was a teen and those feelings were not always happy, right? They're uncomfortable sometimes. And I, um, yeah, decided to press on those uncomfortable situations of why they felt that way and explored that to bring my story alive rather than focusing on all just the good times. Yeah. yeah I was really like interested in, in the way like, uh, you know, the, the, so much of what happens to us as teens and preteens is like so kind of weird and intangible and inconcrete and it seems so beyond our control. So it was interesting to pair it with science, which is obviously so evidence-based and, and concrete. How did that reflect your experience as a teen? Were you Did you go to science for kind of feeling a bit more like grounded in the world? You know, that's such a good question because I was trying to remember back to that time and I don't think I I use science per se to explain um, why things were happening other than what actually happened in nature, but of what was happening in terms of teen, teenage drama. But this character, that's exactly what she does, right? Is she, all these things or issues keep happening in her life and she just has such a difficult time with everything, but she always has this foundation, the science foundation that helps her navigate this complex world. And she, it's it's something that gives her comfort and she uses that throughout. And um, yeah, I, I did relate to that in the sense because I used to use science to explain things to my friends if they didn't understand something. But um, in terms of the actual everyday life, I didn't necessarily relate it to what was going on. Yeah. Were you always a, a kid who was really interested in science or, or did that come later for you? Yeah, I was always interested in science. My mom could remember uh, me as a young child when I would just ask random questions about, oh, why are the leaves changing color or why is the weather changing or how, why does, how is this fridge working or why is the vacuum working? You know, like anything that was working. My son does this too, I've noticed, but just anything that's happening, what I want to know why and how it works. And just even seeing, you know, something beautiful like an aurora. I remember having to go and look things up. This is before the internet. So I was looking things up in uh, encyclopedia or uh, a science book and looking up why how auroras work and learning about charged particles then and um, how they collide. So it was just something that I've always been interested in. And uh, I never thought that I'd be writing a book about it. <laughs> yeah, I want I'd love to hear like, about because in your bio I read that you you do science writing and and I imagine a lot more kind of academic stuff so what was it like to kind of flex your creative muscles and shift to like fiction and that sort of thing from having that background yeah so writing a technical paper for a science journal is significantly different than writing prose for a fiction fictional story so 
Um, it was both, it was, it had a learning curve, obviously, but what I found was with fiction writing, uh, I was a lot more interested in it. I was interested in the science. And then, of course, with science findings, you have to communicate it in a journal. Otherwise, <laughs> um, no one would know what you're working on. But with uh, with science writing, it's a lot more systematic. And there's like a section for everything. And you just fill it in and as you go and you write the information and, and your findings. Uh, of course, there's creative ways of writing that. But with the fiction writing, I mean, I enjoyed it so much more in the sense that I like to invent things. <laughs> and with science, you you can't. You If you were writing a, a paper of your findings, you can't invent things, right? Whereas in this world of fiction, you can really build these new worlds and characters. And that is a part I really love about writing fiction. So, yeah, it's been great. What books like really interested, I'm, I'm imagine, imagining you as a science interested kid, like what books were you drawn to as a young reader? Yeah, that's an interesting question too, because I didn't like reading as a young child. I um, started off not reading English very well. My first language at home was uh, speaking Japanese until I went to school. And so I always found English books a little intimidating. And uh, even in high school and university, I still didn't really like reading for fun. I read a lot of school textbooks and and read a lot of spreadsheets to understand what was going on in terms of work. But because it w felt very, um, it felt like work that I didn't necessarily want to pick up a book to, for enjoyment. And so I really didn't go back to reading fiction until I was an adult and had children. And then, of course, reading these stories brought me back into um, this other world where anything was possible and I fell back into it. And then I, I realized I love stories. And so even though I may have been reluct uh, reluctant as a reader, once I got into the story, it pulled me in and, and uh, magic happened there. So um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting to talk about like reading habits as kids because I used to work at a library and I worked I was the teen services coordinator and I worked a lot with our children's services coordinator and and uh, and we often talked about you know because people want their kids to read and and it feels important to have a love of books but it's such a challenge to if it seems like if kids don't kind of have that uh, immediate interest it's hard to kind of have that spark and there's so many reasons for that like your experience of of speaking a different language at home and like you know it, it's changed now where there's so many more multilingual books available but at a time like it was really only like French and English books on the shelves mm -hmm. of our public libraries but also like the joy of reading is something that I've talked to a lot of people about because our education system kind of it makes it a chore and it makes it work. Like you said, it doesn't make it something that we should do because it's just lovely and we want to get lost in a book. Right. Yeah. It takes time to find that if you, if you have these other priorities, I guess, if, let's say having to get good grades or something and you feel like you have to learn the material, then you put reading aside for like the reading for enjoyment to the side and, um, which is too bad, but if you could find that love again, then uh, it makes reading worthwhile. And again, I think it's the stories that pull people in, pull people back in. So they're important. Yeah. It's interesting with your book too, because you kind of have the experience of sharing 
two two loves and two different kinds of because like science can be hard for a lot of kids too. I'm not a science person. I've tried very hard to like science and numbers and science are not my thing. But it's like through your book, I think it it shares a love of science too, which is an interesting process. What has it been like to share the book with readers? You talked about the experiments at the beginning and how you do those with your presentations. Yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with that for sure. I um, wanted to write, when I started off, I wanted to write this book that um, brought science into a story without it feeling like you're learning, but just learning it um, through reading the story. And what I found was from readers, uh, a lot of people had said, oh, I wish there was a book like this when I was younger because I think maybe I would have liked science. And then I've had other um people who like reading, young, younger students who like reading, who say that they've become interested in science because of it. And then I've had the other way around too. Um, those who were reluctant readers who like science would read the book and say that it pulled them in because of the science. And so it made them read more. So I've had sort of these um, different groups of people tell me how they like the book. And that's obviously a lot of joy to me as a writer. Um, but yeah, I wish there was a book like this out there when I was growing up too, because I think that um, this type of story would have pulled me in as well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned obviously you've published two other books since this one, uh, but what's a, what surprised you about publishing your first book? I think there were so many surprises that I stopped being surprised. <laughs> I know every author takes a different journey, and for me, it was definitely unconventional in so many ways I just didn't even know that I was writing this novel that was ever going to be published let alone be listed as a finalist for a prize and it's just I'm, I was so shocked but pleasantly shocked um yeah I just never knew that it was gonna get there so I just I yeah I just feel fortunate to be in this um in this place now and have found something that I like doing so much yeah. that I didn't know because again I didn't thinking about reading, because I didn't like it at the beginning, I never thought I'd be writing books. Yeah. Um, for anyone, because I know a lot of people say they want to write books, but um, they don't often. <laughs> so what I say for those people who want to write books is to give it a try. And again, it doesn't matter what background you come from, clearly, um, to, to write from your heart, because I truly believe everyone has it in them to write. A book if they really really want to and with enough hard work and determination you can get there so were you able to share the book with some of the people you interviewed yes actually I had a few students write me back because I had let them know or I guess some of them followed me as well so they knew when the book came out it was years after I had spoken to them especially with the pandemic in the middle of there so um and then picking up the book and saying is this the book you interviewed us for and they were so excited about it and I was like this is the book and yeah. so yeah and uh of course it's set in cease in a real place and so they enjoyed uh seeing familiar places as well or reading about familiar places and putting themselves in their situation but all the questions I was asking really helped with the book and so I think it was nice for them to know that what they contributed yeah. uh, made a difference. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, what's inspiring the work you're doing these days? So I am writing the sequel to The Science of Voice. And um, 
that is my main focus right now is to finish that. Uh, I'm starting another project in the fall. I um, uh, received a uh, Canada Council for the Arts uh, grant. And so I have a new project that I'm going to be working on. And that one uh, is close to my heart as well. So I, I take things that I'm really interested in. And so this next book I'll be working on has less to do with science, but I'm really have always been curious about how certain people believe superstitions and fortunes and other people totally don't. And from a scientist's point of view, I see it one way and I've had a lot of people in my life who see it other ways. And so it's to explore why certain people believe in what they do and why others don't and how that affects our lives. And and also, also looking at the cultural side of beliefs as well and um, mixing that. So the main character basically is someone who does not believe in anything like that and whether it's fortunes or superstitions and very much believes that she designs her own life the way it's supposed to be. And But then when she starts to lose control, she gets a fortunate and tells her things that start to come true. She has to navigate her way through that and, uh, and at the end realizes why it's happening, so. <laughs> That was Emily Seo. Emily is the author of The Science of Boys, which is a finalist for the 2023 Sheila A. Egoff Children's Literature Prize. If you would like to find out more about the BC and Yukon Book Prizes, visit our website at bcyukonbookprizes.com. You can also, of course, find us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. Next time on Writing the Coast, you'll hear my conversation with Eve Lazarus. Eve is the author of Cold Case BC, the stories behind the province's most intriguing murder and missing person cases, which is a finalist for the 2023 Bill Duthie Booksellers Choice Award. Thanks for listening to Writing the Coast.